What's up, everybody? It's Chris Stefano, aka Chris Reed Stefano, and this is Christeries. Today, we're going to be talking about America's favorite pastime. No, it's not school shootings. It's baseball. Babe Ruth, Jackie Robinson, Derek Jeter. We're going to have fun. And joining me in today's Christeries is a very special guest and baseball expert, my father, Tony Stefano, aka Tampa Tony. Let's play ball. All right, so for those who don't know, what is baseball? It's basically a bat and a ball that includes 11 players on each team, okay? So baseball, it's nine innings. There's a pitcher and a catcher. Shout out. There's outfielders and infielders and spectators, and it's a beautiful sport. A lot of people compare it to cricket, but cricket, I cannot understand for the life of me, where baseball is very easy to understand. No, there's 11 players on the field and the pitcher. No. Yes. Talking to the mic. The, the pitcher, pitcher is one. Catcher is two. First baseman is three. Second baseman is four. Shortstop is five. Third baseman is six. Left fielder is seven. Center fielder is eight. Right fielder is nine. It's not 11. It's not 10. The answer is nine. We're both. <laughs> So, Dad, do you know when baseball was invented? 1700s. Wow. Looks like you were reading the TV. Let me see. Oh, look at that, 1700s. So <laughs> there's a lot of debate. Nobody actually knows when baseball was really. There's a lot of people. Some people say Abner Doubleday invented in the Civil War in the Cincinnati area. Some people say this, that its most direct ancestors appear to be the combining of two British games, Rounders, which is uh, children's game that was brought to New England by early colonists and cricket. They say they combined that and that made baseball. But, um, you know, it definitely, you know, the origins are up to debate. But here on Christeries, here on Christeries, we take a stance and we stand by it. So I'm going to say baseball was invented in the Dominican Republic. So in September of 1845, a group of New York City men founded the New York Knickerbocker Baseball Club. A lot of people think the New York Knicks are a basketball team, and yes, they are, but the baseball club, that they were in integral in bringing baseball to New York and the United States because they played against a group of cricket players, and one of the Knickerbockers, a volunteer firefighter and bank clerk uh, called, named Alexander Joy Cartwright, he created a new set of rules. The set of rules that we play on today, modern baseball, had a diamond-shaped infield, foul lines, and the three-strike rule. That was from the New York Knickerbockers Baseball Club in September 1885. The first recorded baseball game ever took place in 1846 in Hoboken, New Jersey. The whole thing was catered by the cake boss. One of the original rules of baseball was you could tag runners and get them out if you hit them with the ball. And they got rid of that, and I say bring it back. Dad, wouldn't you like to see some base runner get knocked with a baseball? Uh, I would love that. I would love that. Good. Just in general, like, like the... Change the, the rules sucked. Okay. <laughs> just to be just to be blunt about it. <laughs> yeah. Now the game begins to grow. We start to spread in 1866. The first women's baseball team is started by a group from Vassar College, and that really didn't go anywhere. Then we have 1869. We have Candy Cummings through the first curveball in baseball, and that curveball was when she dropped her pants in the locker room, she had a dick. 
1869, the Cincinnati Red Stockings, which are now the Cincinnati Reds, becomes America's first professional baseball club. Dad, do you know that, that the Red Stockings, the Reds were the first baseball club? Yes, I do. Okay. I knew that. So now in 1871, the National Association of Professional Baseball Players was established as the sport's first major league. So that's really when the major leagues gets its start, 1871. Five years later, 1876, Chicago businessman William Hulbert, uh, he formed the National League of Professional Baseball Clubs, and he felt the National Association was mismanaged and corrupt. So that's where we have the American League and the National League. And the National League had eight original members. Do you know who the eight original National League teams were? From what cities? Just give me the cities. Don't look. Well, you can't see anyway. You got the diabetes. <laughs> What do you think? Oh, the National League teams? Who were the original eight members? The National League or the original eight Major League Baseball teams, pretty much, because in the beginning it was just one National League. Who are they? Well, it had to be Chicago. Good. It had to be Pittsburgh. N no. No, Cincinnati. Hold it up a little bit. Cincinnati, Cincinnati. is two? That was, there was only one league? One league. There were eight teams, eight original teams. So we have Cincinnati with the Cincinnati Red Stockings, right. the Chicago White Stockings, which are now the Chicago Cubs, right. not the White Sox. The White Sox are a different team, but the Chicago White Stockings. Who else? Uh, so we got Chicago and Cincinnati. Okay. You sure Pittsburgh wasn't involved in Pittsburgh that? Pittsburgh was not. A team from Pennsylvania was, but not Pittsburgh. Okay. Okay, so we have, do you give up? No, no, no. <laughs> Double or nothing. Double or nothing. So it had to be mostly East, East teams. Yes, it was. Because yeah. the West Coast is gay, right? All right, so the Boston Red Stockings, which are now the Atlanta Braves, the Chicago White Stockings, which you said, the Cincinnati Red Stockings, the Hartford Dark Blues, the Louisville Grays, Mutual of New York, which would go on to become, I think, the Yankees, the Philadelphia Athletics, and the St. Louis Brown Stockings. So we, had the, we had a lot of teams named after stockings. So that's the National League. Now another league enters in 1901. The National League's rival, the American League of Professional Baseball Clubs, was founded in 1903. The Junior League. Right. <laughs> so now 1903 World Series, that was played only between American League teams. Okay, so the World Series initially was just the American League teams. They left the National League teams out. And here's where your Pittsburgh Pirates, they enter and they become the champions of the American League. The Boston Americans, later known as the Red Sox, they beat the Pittsburgh Pirates five games to three and established the World Series as an annual event in professional baseball. Right. It used to be eight games for the World Series. R right. Mathematically, that's impossible. Who the hell would win? Do you know, Dad, why they call it the World Series? Mm, not really. Well, here's the reason. Okay. It's because the World Series was played between two American baseball teams, and the term World Series, they picked out so it could reflect the dominance, the American dominance that we had over the rest of the world. And it was thought at that time no other countries could play professional baseball like us, but then Venezuela, Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico, Japan, they all started producing some pretty good fucking players. <laughs> <laughs> they okay. They certainly did. Okay. 
Fun fact, ready for the Yankees. The New York Yankees were originally known as the Baltimore Orioles when they were founded in 1901 as one of the charter members of the American League. But after just one season, the team moved to New York and was briefly known as the New York Highlanders in 1903. Then they became the Yankees in 1904, and they adopted that name officially in 1913. And the Yankees have actually, I think they're the most recognizable team in all of sports in the world. Oh, yes. All right, Dad, if I could give you a chance to play one year for the New York Yankees, you can be the New York Yankees shortstop, but you're going to have to cut off one of my hands. Would you do it? Hell yeah. Nice. <laughs> you still have another hand. True. <laughs> yeah, I could jerk off at my feet. Oh, don't you do that now? No, yes, <laughs> I do. I've been doing hot yoga. <laughs> Shout out Some Like It Hot on Staten Island. So, one of the biggest baseball stars of the 20th century, a name that if you're a baseball fan, you know. If you're not a baseball fan, you don't know. Ty Cobb. A racist. Ty that's all you need to know. <laughs> well, he was. He really was. He really was. <laughs> Do you know what, what some of the racism stuff was about? I'll tell you. Well, who Ty Cobb was. Is he was you don't give me a chance to answer. Okay, go. Go. What was some of the racist <laughs> stuff? Go ahead. Go ahead. He was a hard-nosed player. Okay. Right? He'd spike anybody. Right? But then when they infiltrated the black people, nobody liked that. Right. Including him. Right. So they used to go purposely to harm them. Right. Well, you're right. Ty Cobb, first of all, he had a career batting average of 366, which is like unheard of. I mean, it's, it's so, you have to understand how hard it is to hit a baseball. 366, hitting it three and a half times out of 10 is legit, is legit amazing. Ted Williams had a higher batting average. He's the only one to have a career batting average of 400, but. Ty Cobb doing this is unbelievable. What it means is he had 4,191 hits in 11,429 at-bats. Again, this is insane for baseball players. 366, it's the highest batting average in Major League Baseball history. So I thought it was Ted Williams, but according to Benetia's notes, it's Ty Cobb at 366. Ty Cobb, amazing baseball player, fan favorite, right? But right. he played intense, like you said. He would put his spikes up to anyone. Back in those days, they would wear a steel spike. So if they came spikes up, you would get stabbed in the leg. He was notorious for his temper, and he would fight on the field, which baseball missing a little bit of that. There should be a fight every game. But outside of baseball, Cobb, he was really controversial. He was complex. He had very racist views. He would be violent. In 1906, he stabbed a black watchman at a hotel that he was staying at. Um, him, him and his friends got drunk and rowdy and whatever, and they made noise in the hallway outside their rooms. And when the watchman of the hotel went to check on him, Cobb attacked him, and he stabbed him. And, of course, this guy doesn't die. And like anything else in that time in history, Cobb got acquitted. Nothing happened to Cobb, but the right. you know, black man was stabbed. And thank God, thank God he survived. So, yeah, so Ty Cobb, great player, but a racist. Another rising star was Shoeless Joe Jackson. What do you know about Shoeless Joe Jackson? He was the scapegoat of the, uh, the, the when they fixed the games, they get they throw the White Sox out. Yes, he, he didn't fix any of the games. Right, but he was part of the group. Right, and he was a great player. He was. If you if you get his stats, he was great. I'll tell you. So he played in the early 20th century for the Indians, Cleveland Indians, which are now the Cleveland Guardians, one of the worst names in baseball, and the Chicago White Sox. The Guardians is a stupid name. I have no problem with you taking the name Indians away, but the Guardians is dumb. It, it sounds like a birth control. Um, <laughs> he, so 
Shoeless Joe Jackson was known for, it was a great hitter. Not as good as Ty Cobb, but a great hitter. Um, he involved, it, the, where that name comes from is he had a toe-down stance, so it led to the nickname Shoeless Joe, Shoeless Joe, because it looked like he was wearing no shoes. Shoeless Joe Jackson got traded to the White Sox in 1915, and this is where he goes on to become famous. They won in 1917. They won the pennant. 1919, they won the World Series. The pennant, by the way, is when American League versus the National League is the World Series. So when one of whoever represents the American League in the World Series won the American League pennant, and whoever wins the National League, whoever represents the National League in the World Series won the National League pennant. So the White Sox win the American League in 1917, and then they win the World Series in 1919. But what Shoeless Joe Jackson is known for mostly, and he was, he was played uh, by Ray Liotta, in Field of Dreams. This is Shoeless Joe Jackson. If you've ever seen Kevin Costner, who just recently got divorced, so he's single, fellas. Field of Dreams. Ray Liotta plays Shoeless Joe Jackson, R.I.P. Ray Liotta. Um, and there was a Black Sox scandal that tarnished Shoeless Joe Jackson's reputation, his career. Basically, the White Sox were accused of shaving points, right? And Correct. Yes. That's right. Let me tell you what the Black Sox scandal is. So, Chicago White Sox, one of the most dominant teams in baseball during the 1919 season. They were heavily favored against the Reds, a.k.a. the Cincinnati Red Stockings, to win the World Series. Now, a lot of these White Sox players, they were unhappy with their pay. Okay, it wasn't like Athletes back in the day didn't make money like that. A lot of these athletes had to have second jobs after the baseball season. Right. Players only got 5K a year, which in today's money is $87,235.84. Now, that's a lot of Yeezys, but it's not baseball player money so what they decided to do the white Sox, is they were like maybe we'll start taking gambler taking money from gamblers and gambling on ourselves to intentionally lose the world series we'll throw the game so at least we win some money it's not about winning it's like who's getting the money so baseball keep in mind wasn't like this major sport as it was today so the scandal comes to light and several players including shoeless joe jackson they were accused of conspiring with the gamblers to fix the World Series for them to lose so they can get paid, and it became known as Black Sox because of the, uh, the color of their uniform. So it became the Black Sox scandal, and the punishment was they were banned from professional baseball for life by the commissioner of baseball, Kennesaw Mountain Landis, which sounds like a made-up name. And this scandal ruined Shoeless Joe Jackson's career, ruined a lot of the players on the Black Sox career, and they really just wanted to get more money, and it was fucked up, and it's just a black eye for baseball. So we can't do a history of baseball Christeries if we don't talk about everyone's favorite candy bar, Babe Ruth. George Herman Ruth, who, by the way, died in 1948, the year you were born. You got reincarnated as Babe Ruth. This is Babe Ruth today. <laughs> and I like hot dogs, so it could be Ruth. <laughs> True. George Herman Ruth Jr. was born in Baltimore, Maryland in 1895. I've actually been to his house. I went. To, you can visit his house in Baltimore. Oh, so yeah, well, you and I went together. Right. I remember that. We, we, remember I was filming? That's one of my first time I ever got on that show, Guy Code. That's on right. On MTV. We watched it from a, from a hotel room it's in true. Camden Yards, Baltimore. That, that's true. Yeah. So Babe Ruth, one of the most iconic baseball figures of all time. He actually started his professional baseball career with the hated Boston Red Sox, and, or the big New York Yankees rival, Boston Red Sox, in 1914 as a pitcher and an outfielder. This guy was like, right now... Otani. Right now, yes. Otani from the Angels is one of the best players in Major League Baseball history. Japanese player, great pitcher, great hitter, great fielder. He's like a he's like Babe Ruth if Babe Ruth was Japanese. He's the Japanese Babe Ruth. So starts with the Red Sox in 1914, gets traded to the Yankees in 1919. 
and he becomes one of the most dominant players in baseball history. Um, power hitting, offense, off the field, smoking cigars, gambling, out on the town. He makes kind of the Yankees the brand they are today. It starts with Babe Ruth. He famously called shot. He called his home run. It's called the called shot in 1932. He says, I'm going to, he points out, he says, I'm going to, this next ball, I'm going to hit this over the fence. And he did it. Some historians don't think it really happened, but what do you say, Dad? It really never happened, but for, for, for his bio, it makes sense. Because really what the truth is, and again, here on the Chris Reed DeStefano show, we take a stance. He wasn't pointing to the outfield. He was hailing Hitler, but he still <laughs> hit a home run. And so he had the single season home run record of 60 home runs in 1927. That stood for 34 years. It was broken by who broke his home run record, Dad? First. Uh, Roger the Dodger. Roger the Dodger Maris broke it in 1961 when he hit 60, you know, 61 home runs. And that Roger Maris record was just recently broken last year by Aaron Judge with 62 home runs. Right. Breaking the, major, breaking the New York Yankees record. Ruth was an accomplished pitcher as well. He had a 94 and 46 record as a pitcher, uh, 2.28 ERA and 17 shutouts. An ERA earn run average is you have a good ERA if it's under three. If it's under three, you're an amazing pitcher. He had a lifetime uh, earn run average of 2.28, meaning... Teams only average 2.28 runs against him every time they face him. It's amazing. Ruth, as you said, is famously known for his love of hot dogs. How did you know that, that he loved hot dogs, Dad? Did you ever see the Babe Ruth story? No. Yeah, I'm doing it now. I, when he died, Babe Ruth, I cried. When he, you were born. He died in 1948. I cried in my mother's born womb. In, I cried in my mother's oh, true. womb. Oh, yeah, true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, he ate as many as a dozen hot dogs before games. Oh, my God. Somebody signed him up for that Nathan's hot dog eating contest. Who would win, Joey Chestnut or Babe Ruth? Uh, Babe Ruth. He ate him with the bat if he lost. Yeah. He was actually talking about investments, Dad. He was an early investor in the Ford Motor Company, and his investments are the thing that made him a millionaire outside of baseball, the investments. That's the key. He played for the Red Sox, the Yankees, and the Boston Braves during his career. Played 2,503 games. Um, and... Uh, He's one of the most famous athletes in baseball. He became a true celebrity, larger-than-life persona, and uh, he really is, in my opinion, Babe Ruth. Baseball isn't what it is today, unless they had, unless you know, Babe Ruth was the was the one. Well, Babe Ruth hit more homers, he's sixty, than the whole league right. put together. Yes, yeah, Babe Ruth. We don't know if that's a fact, but here on the Christian <laughs> Stefano Show, we stand by it. Listen, we're at a point in America. Jim Crow laws where black people and white people, typically in most states, aren't even allowed to use the same water fountain or same bathroom. So, of course, they're not even playing baseball together. They cannot play baseball together. They're not on the same teams, on the same fields. They're not allowed in the stadiums. So the Negro League is formed. The NNL, the Negro National League, in 1920 by my man Rube Foster, former player, manager known as the father of black baseball. From 1920 to 1931, it operated... Um, it, 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 it had 11 really good years. They had Chicago, Detroit, Indianapolis, Kansas City, all these great teams. And then finally, and then unfortunately what happened was during the Great Depression in 1931, the league folded, financial challenges, of course, racism, all that. People weren't going to buy the tickets. And um, one of the top players in the Negro League, who's the top player in the Negro League, Dad? You know it. Uh, well, Satchel Page was the top pitcher. Satchel Page is pretty much, I think, the Babe Ruth of the Negro right. League. Leroy right. Satchel Page, um, one of the greatest pitchers of all time. There's a rumor that he pitched back-to-back -back no hitters, one righty, one lefty. I don't know if that's true. Do you think that's true, Dad? I don't think so. Okay, so we're going to say in the Chris Reed Stefano show here, it's not true. <laughs> 
Pedro. Well, the, well, the reason the, the the reason why they finally turned around and let the black players play because uh, the 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 white players went to war, right? So it was World War Two. Right, they, they all went to war. More than enough players, so they brought in the black players. Never never realizing that they were better than than the white players. Right. Most most of them, and also what came into uh, being truth is the woman the women's uh, baseball league. Right, oh, a league yeah. of their own. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A league of their own. Shout yeah. out Tom Hanks. Yeah, so that happened. You know, and, and they they had troubles in the, in the beginning, yes. but they from, they formed a great league. They formed a great league. Leroy Satchel Page was from Mobile, Alabama, not the capital. That's Montgomery. Um, he was known for his incredible fastball, all these other types of pitches. He had a hesitation pitch, which was known as a B-ball. Um, and he claimed he had, uh, it, they called it the B-ball because it had so much movement. It buzzed right. like a bee and then it hit you. And the joke was he, he, he pitched so fast that he could shut, out, shut, off, shut off the lights in his bedroom and be in bed before the pitch got, got to the plate. Yes, yes, a joke. He was cheating on his wife. So, and he was great. Satchel oh, Page, entertaining personality, showmanship. Uh, he was just he would he knew how to play the game and entertain people. And he's the, one of the only players he played in both the Negro League and Major League Baseball. Right. He, he became did. the first. Uh, he became one of the first African American players in the league when he signed with the Cleveland Indians in 1948 at the age of 42. Of course, the first black player is Jackie Robinson. We all know that. In 1945, Jackie. Well, if you don't know. Jackie Robinson made his MLB debut April 15th, 1947, playing first base for the Dodgers against the Boston Braves, became the first African player in Major League Baseball history, breaking the color barrier. Do you remember watching Jackie Robinson play, Dan? Yes, I do. Really? He was a great player. He was. He was tough. Yeah. Yeah. He took no crap from anybody. Yeah. That's why he made it. Yes. That's the reason they picked him, because he knew he had that that, that makeup. Yeah, because... he would get racial slurs from the fans, oh. insults from the fans, even his own players, opposing players. Yep. It didn't matter. He got intentionally hit by pitches. He would get excluded from team activities. They wouldn't let him stay in the same hotels, all these things. And Jackie Robinson overcame it all and had a great career, played 10 seasons for the Dodgers. He won National League Rookie of the Year in 1947 and NL MVP in 1949. So Jackie Robinson, great person. One of the other people that I love to talk about in baseball is a lot of people just know it as Lou Gehrig's disease, ALS, amyotropic lateral sclerosis. But who was the actual man? Who was the, who was the disease named after? Lou Gehrig. Gehrig. First baseman for the New York Yankees in the 1920s and 1930s. He was a part of a lineup known as Murderer's Row. So, Lou Gehrig. First baseman for the New York Yankees in the 1920s and 30s. One of Babe Ruth's teammates. He's known, he was the original Iron Man. 2,130 consecutive games played, stood as the record for decades until it was eventually broken by Cal Ripken. Cal Ripken Jr. of the Baltimore Orioles with his beautiful blue eyes. Gehrig was great hitter, two-time American League MVP, um, but he came, became famous. Lou Gehrig, why I think a lot of people know Lou Gehrig, is his luckiest man speech. When he announced his retirement from baseball in 1939 due to ALS, which will later become known as Lou Gehrig's disease. Luckiest man speech, he says. Fans, for the past two weeks, you've been reading about a bad break I got. Yet I consider myself the luckiest man on the face of the earth. When you have a father and a mother who work all their lives so you can have an education and build your body, it's a blessing. 
So I close in saying that I may have a tough break, but I have an awful lot to live for. I've been in ballparks for 17 years and never received anything but kindness and encouragement from you fans. So I ask you, when you have a moment, to say a prayer for those who are less fortunate than you and be thankful for the position in which God has placed you. Patreon.com slash Comedy. Okay, Mint Mobile. We've seen it, Ryan Reynolds' company. Everybody knows about it. And when I first heard that Mint Mobile offers premium wireless starting at just 15 bucks a month, I was like, okay, but what's the catch? But then I talked to them and actually used their service, and it makes sense. There isn't a catch. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is it's the first company to sell wireless service online only. They cut out the cost of retail stores, okay? That's how they make the money. So for anyone who hates their phone bill, Mint Mobile offers premium wireless for just 15 bucks a month. Mint Mobile gives you the best rate, whether you're buying for one or a family. And at Mint Family, start at two lines. All plans, all plans come with unlimited talk and text and high-speed data. And right now, all you got to do is go to mintmobile.com slash Christeries. That's mintmobile.com slash Christeries. And you're going to cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at Mint. Literally, get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month. All you do is go to mintmobile.com slash Christeries, 15 bucks a month. Tell them I sent you. Blue Chew, baby. Blue Chew tablets are made in the USA. If you want to be rock hard for summer, Blue Chew's the way to go. It is the way to go. I've used it. It really worked for me. Um, I have a couple of friends who've used it. It works for them. We are all kind of walking around with full-blown erections all the time, and it feels good. And if I'm telling you, you're going to want to have sex. And a lot of times, listen, we're, you know, people, sometimes they can't. It, do, it doesn't always work. But Blue Chew makes sure that it works. It has the same ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, it's same ingredients, and they're made right here in the USA. It's sent in discreet packaging right to your door. Nobody knows about this but you and your PP. Blue Ch and I want to give you a discount. All you have to do is go to bluechew.com, put in that promo code Christeries, C-H-R-I-S-T-O-R-I-E-S, to receive your first month free. Okay? Free. All you do is pay the $5 shipping. That's all I'm asking is pay the $5 shipping, and you're going to get erections sent to your door for free. BlueChew.com, promo code history. Just do it, okay? And send, tag your pictures of your boner at Chrissy Chaos Pod. Do it. So the great thing about World War II is that the Americans won. The bad thing about it is all the players were fighting in the war, so we had to let women take the field. We thought the WNBA sucked. Wait until I tell you about the American Girls Professional Baseball League, the AAGPBL. Fucking, yeah, drink a Bud Light. So in 1943, we formed the All-American Girls Professional Baseball League. It was founded by a bunch of lesbos. This league had strict rules regarding appearance and behavior. Players had to attend charm school. They had to wear skirts or shorts as part of the uniform. I like it. And it was met with a lot of skepticism and criticism, Dad. It did become a popular attraction eventually, um, but, you know, it was tough. Because, I mean, listen, you had famous players, uh, pitcher Gene Fout, outfielder Dorothy Kamishek, um, a couple of these people. You know, all these people were talked about in the A League of Their Own movie. Right, right. Which was with Madonna, Tom Hanks, um, and it was a great movie. 
It operated until 1954 until um, it, was, uh, it got disbanded due to financial difficulties and changing attitudes towards women in sports. Which now we have a positive attitude toward women in sports. Go Leah Thomas! <laughs> Despite all these challenges, women's baseball during World War II, it actually helped pave the way for future generations of female athletes all over the world and demonstrated that women could excel at traditionally male-dominated sports. Yas, Queen Yav. So, the shot heard around the world. A lot of people think it's from colonial America, April of 1775, when the Revolutionary War started, and that's true, but there's a second shot heard around the world, okay? And I'm not talking about the first shot I do of testosterone coming up here next week. I'm talking about October 3rd, 1951, during a playoff game between the New York Giants and the Brooklyn Dodgers. Remember, the Giants and the Dodgers, who are now in California, they were original New York teams. My grandfather, my mom's father, had a minor league pitching contract for the New York Giants. They called used to call him Big Red. So he played in some way, for the New York Giants and then the Brooklyn Dodgers. By the way, do you know the Brooklyn Dodgers? you know where the term Dodgers comes from, Dad? No. Back in the day when New York was first being laid out, they had all these electricity wires before Nikolai Tesla figured out the AC current. They had all these currents running through the streets, and people would touch the wires. People used to touch the wires and then get electrically shocked. So they would dodge, especially in Brooklyn, oh, okay. they would dodge... They called them Dodgers. We would have to dodge around the electricity wires, and that's why they called the Brooklyn Dodgers. Do you want to turn your phone off? <laughs> Dad can't hear. Greg texted you. Oh, it's my friend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, October 3rd, 1951. Let me take you there. Brooklyn Dodgers, New York Giants. The game's tied in the bottom of the ninth inning. Giants outfielder Bobby Thompson comes to the plate with two men on base. Thompson hits a three-run homer off Dodgers pitcher Ralph Branca to right. win the game and send the Giants to the World Series. The call of the homer by Giants broadcast Russ Hodges becomes famous. The Giants win the pennant! The, the Giants. Giants win the pennant! Shot her around the world. Why was that important? One, it was an incredible moment for sports drama. That was huge. Everybody was like locked in listening to their radios, a lot of them at the time. Crucial game, dramatic way to win, and it helped solidify baseball's place in American pop culture because it was talked about and discussed in the press among fans for years. It still is. So most people back in the day would listen to the baseball games on the radio. That was the way you would consume it. And this call was, you know, by Russ Hodges, the Giants win the pennant, the Giants win the pennant. Everyone heard that on the radio and was kind of going crazy. And it just, it, it was a way, you know, it used to be a much more intimate experience where you had to crowd around a radio with your friends and family and listen to these games. Um, you should try it. Try now to go home and listen to a game on the radio, it's actually a much better experience because you're visualizing what's happening. It's like reading a book. You are actually thinking about how it's going to happen and creating the narrative in your own mind by the words. It's really cool. The New York Giants and the Brooklyn Dodgers have had a rivalry since then, since the right. 1950s. And now, even though the San Francisco Giants and the Los Angeles Dodgers, they still have a rivalry, but it's mostly between the Mexican gangs fighting in the stands. <laughs> <laughs> and who was on deck? Who was Bobby. on deck for Bobby Thompson? Who was on deck? For the, for the New York Giants? Right. Carl Ustremski? I don't know. Willie Mays. Willie Mays was on deck. We stand by it. Much like my HPV, baseball continues to grow. All these teams get switched in and out of the league, <laughs> National League over the years, and it remained an eight-league team for many decades. But then in 1962, my dad's favorite team, the Mets, come in. Meet the Mets, 
Beat the Mets. Step right up and meet the Mets. Bring your kitties and bring your wife. Guaranteed to have the time of your life because the Mets are really socking the ball all over the wall. No. No, so it's uh, that was great. I think it's knocking those home runs over the wall. Isn't it? Yeah, that, yeah. that is it. But you used to have uh, a song used to be like, meet the Mets, beat the Mets. No, you used to no, say, you say, meet the Mets, beat the Mets, step right up and, yeah, beat no, the Mets. No, meet the Mets, greet the Mets, step right up and beat the Mets. And then you would say, hitting those home runs short of the wall. Bring in those kitties. Uh, Bring in those wall. kitties to Epstein's Island. <laughs> I wouldn't go to a Met game if they gave me the free tickets. Well, we, I know the owner's son. We had a whole thing set up for you. are not going to go to the game? <laughs> it's a free, right? I'm going, yeah. Well, I'll you go. just said that you want to go if they give you free tickets, uh, but they give you free tickets uh, and unlimited I'm, hot dogs. Are you in? But we're, but, <laughs> we're going to have good seats. Yeah, we're going to have great seats. We'll sit it right on the fucking players' laps. So the 1962, the New York Mets come in, and the Houston Colt 45s later in the Astros. I hate them. 1969, uh... A bunch of teams were added. The San Diego Padres, the Montreal Expos, which are now the Washington Nationals. Um, also that year, we got the league got split into the East and the West. In 1969, right. the East and the West became the divisions of six teams each. Then 1993, we got the Colorado Rockies and the Florida Marlins. 98, the Arizona Diamondbacks. Um, 1994, remember there was a strike. Remember the whole, the whole league went on strike and then everything got reorganized and we added the Central Division. So there's been a lot of changes in baseball. Baseball went through a sex change. <laughs> so here, let's go through the major events in baseball, all that from the beginning to now. 1961, as my dad said, Roger Maris breaks Babe Ruth's historic record, hitting 61 home runs in 1961. 1969, as we said, the Mets come in in their eight, just their eighth year of existence. They won the World Series. Where were you when the Mets won the 1969 World Series? Because you were 21 years old. Do you remember it? I wasn't even watching. It was Mets. Were you throwing up in the streets? No, I wasn't going that far. But do you, but you remember it was a big deal for New York when they I, won? Oh, yeah, of course. I was, right. rooting, I was rooting for the other team. Yeah. Who was the other team? Who, I forgot who they beat. Was it, they, was it the Red Sox? Well, they beat the Red Sox in 86. Right. Who did they beat in 1969 to win their first World Series? I don't know. Do you know? Baltimore Orioles. Did they beat? When, when, when they had the great pitching staff. Let's, we remember? stand by it. I think it was the both of them anyway. Who did they beat? The Orioles. Yes. Good. Give me credit for that one at least. You got credit. There you go. <laughs> so 1975, you got the Red Sox and the Reds play in what a lot of people consider the greatest World Series ever. 1975, you got the Boston Red Sox, Cincinnati Reds. Greatest World Series ever played with the home run from Carlton Fisk, um, who a lot of people say is the greatest catcher of all time. I say it's Anderson Cooper. 1985, you have the Kansas City Royals win their first uh, World Series championship with George Brett, who has a hilarious story about shitting his pants. Go Google that. 1989, you had the Loma Prieta earthquake. She sounds hot. During the World Series, an earthquake during the World Series between the San Francisco Giants and Oakland Athletics. Dad, do you remember that world, that earthquake in 1989? I remember, yep. Right. Um, it was crazy, right? It was crazy. Mark they? McGuire, rookie Mark McGuire was on that team. Jose Canseco. Right. And the full earthquake. And then I don't oh, even yeah. know what happened. Did they finish playing the series? No, no. It never happened. We stand by it. 1994, we had the strike. I remember that. Um, no World Series. 1997, Major League Baseball, they introduced for the first time ever interleague play in which a National League team played a series of regular games against an American League team of the same division because it used to be for years the National League would never play the American League unless it was in the World Series. That's the only time. But now, and this year... Every team will play each other once for the first time. 
Every team right. from all the league will right. play each other once, not necessarily just your division. You will play every team in Major League Baseball, which is pretty cool. And the game is expanding. Now there's a pitch clock because in order to speed up baseball, baseball is a long sport. And now with our phones and ADHD society, we needed a way to speed it up. So now there's a, a, a pitch clock where the pitcher has to pitch the ball in, I believe, 20 seconds or less. Right? Right. And the batty can't step out of the box. Can't step out of the box. Right. So the biggest rivalries, you got Yankees, Red Sox. I mean, the Yankees rivalry, Red Sox. I, the Yankees versus Red Sox rivalry in baseball, I think is the biggest rivalry in sports. It might be the biggest rivalry in the world. It's just like the USA versus Russia. We, it's, 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 it's intense. Like, I have baseball jerseys from every team in Major League Baseball except the Boston Red Sox. I can't, I, I could not. Look at my father. I'd rather tell my father that I just swallowed a jar of cum than put on a Boston Red Sox jersey. <laughs> <laughs> what would you rather? <laughs> <laughs> so a big thing with the Yankees and the Red Sox was a lot of people would say that the Red Sox did not win a World Series from 1918 until 2004, and they blamed it on Babe Ruth, the Bambino. They, he cursed the Red Sox, when he left that team and said, you will never win another World Series again. And a lot of people believed in that curse. And then finally, in 2004, the Red Sox finally won. I mean, I, I remember it was you could not wear a Yankees jersey if you went to go watch a game in Fenway Park because the Red Sox fans would beat the shit out of you because they were so mad and hated the Yankees so much because they hadn't won. Now that they've won so many World Series, I don't think anybody cares anymore. They've kind of like, you know, They've released the anger. Now you can go in there and it's fine. Right, right. Cubs Cardinals is a rivalry. It's boring, but it's there. Dodgers Giants is is fun because the Mexican gangs. Cubs White Sox, you know, is great, but people, you know, want to make Chicago a bigger deal than it is. I love that. I really do love the city of Chicago, but it's not New York. And then Yankees Mets is is good. Interleague play. There's just so many people in New York that like it's just it, it takes over. It takes Yankees Mets take over. Yankees Red Sox take over. And it's great. And now I'm in the middle of my own little Subway series because I love and have rooted for the Yankees my whole life, but yet I'm friends with the owners of the Mets. So what do I do, Dad? Uh, drop the Mets and stay with the Yanks. Okay. There you have it. Tony D's advice. Baseball, listen, baseball's played an integral part in American culture. I mean, after September 11th in 2001, they had to cancel a bunch of games. World Series got played in November for the first time. Everybody, all Americans kind of rallied around baseball. Watching it, Mike Piazza's historic home run, you know, the Arizona Diamondbacks beating New York Yankees in Game 7, all these things. I remember that part of baseball, like, actually helping us through that tough time. Right, exactly. 2004, as we said, Boston Red Sox win the first World Series in 86 years, breaking the curse of the Bambino. And then in 2016, the Chicago Cubs won their first World Series in 108 years, ending the longest drought right, in American right, professional right. sports history. In my opinion, the Chicago Cubs versus Cleveland Indians 2016 World Series, that's the greatest World Series of all time because you had either the Chicago Cubs, who would go on to win and break their curse 108 years, right. or the Cleveland Indians, now the Cleveland Guardians, a.k.a. the Cleveland Birth Controls. They still, now they have the longest drought. They haven't won since the 1940s. But don't forget in 1998, before that, baseball was dying. It was. So Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa had that famous home run. Home run race. Home run race. And McGuire won, set right. the single season record of 70 home runs on a little juice, but who cares? Right. It's good for baseball. Right. But that started the, the, the juicing. Do you think juicing's good for baseball? No. And the only thing the steroids did, which I, these guys should be in the Hall of Fame, because it didn't make you hit the ball. 
Right. It just make you made you heal 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 quicker. Do you think I can go down? I'll go down in history as one of the greatest comedians ever, but I might get tarnished reputation because I did it on steroids. <sighs> I take the fifth. All right. <laughs> so famous players: Willie Mays, Mickey Mantle. My dad's favorite player is Mickey Mantle. Right. That's it. You love. You wanted me to name one of my daughters that. You wanted to name one of the Mickey, one of the Mantle. That's right. I would have been happy. Yes. Now, now you have Mickey Mouse all over the house. That I know. I do have a mice problem. <laughs> if you're an uh, exterminator on Staten Island, let me know. My favorite player of all time is probably Bernie Williams. I'll say Bernie Williams is my favorite player of all time because you know me. One thing I love, Puerto Ricans. Bernie Williams, number 51. Burn, baby, burn. Pete Rose scandal. That, that's ridiculous. The, the Pete Rose scandal. Tell us about it. He was a great player. Right. But they became a manager of the team. Right. And, and he was betting again. He was betting on his own team. But to uh, to win, uh, and then they found out about it. And the rule in baseball, we call the rules: you can't bet baseball. You cannot bet. You cannot you can gamble, bet. but you can't gamble on the games that you're involved in or any baseball game. Right. He was. He never bet on his team to lose, always to win. But still, Pete Rose, one of the greatest baseball players of all time, the all-time hits leader. Legendary Cincinnati Reds player, also played for the Phillies and the Expos, but the Cincinnati Reds is where you know Pete Rose from. Aggressive style, barreled over the catcher in an all-star right. game, which a lot of times people go soft in an all-star game, not Pete Rose. He always went hard-nosed, as my dad says. Well, he ruined, he ruined four seasons career. Yeah, he broke, it, he broke he the catcher's yeah, leg, yeah, right? Yeah. He got great banned player, from great player. He got banned from baseball for gambling on games, and he was a manager in the 1980s. And I do think, though, Dad, they're going to let him in the Hall of Fame. I think they have to. You say no? Uh, it's, been, it's been too long now. But, but do you think that you think he should, though? Oh, he should, he, he should be in the world. Uh, in, in All the of fame. What's gambling, He right? should be. Yeah, what's, I mean, you know, when, when you get caught taking steroids, they, they give you 80-game suspension. Yeah. But they let you back in the game. Right. Right. But they don't get you in the Hall of Fame, though. None of these steroid guys are in the Hall of Fame. Not yet. Not yet, but they will they, be. They're getting close. They're getting they will, close. Yeah. Do you think there'll ever be a woman that makes the major leagues? I believe so. Really? Yeah, I do. I seriously do. Women have come a long way. Right. They've, they're good. They've come a long way. They've become men. <laughs> In closing, baseball is an American pastime. It is the American sport. It is in our identity. It is in our fabric of who we are as Americans. It's gotten through civil wars, world wars. It'll go probably through another world war. It's now international. The Japanese, the Caribbean countries, people from all over play baseball, and it all started right here in the great USA. Shout out nine innings. Shout out baseball. It's some of the best memories I have of hanging out with my dad. We're doing it at baseball games, whether we got into the stadium legally or illegally. <laughs> doesn't matter. It's relevant. It's true. It's awesome. <laughs> it's bonding experiences, and it's, it's some of the best times I had with you, Dad. What do you think about baseball? What do you have closing words for baseball? I'm old school, so I don't like these rule changes at all. Uh, the players are uh, physically are much better than years ago. No, yeah, they no, got rocking hot no, bonds now. No, no, no doubt about that. But they're soft. They're, they aren't. They're yeah. soft. They're you bitches. Know, the guy he gets a little cut. He's out three days. Right. And, right. and years ago, they played. They, 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 they don't didn't care. care. They were like hockey players. Yeah. They they played because they had to because after this they didn't make enough money. Right. So they they need that paycheck. And then after the season was over, they had to get a job. Right. Right. So today, one contract is set for life. Yeah, back in the day they'd come in with a swollen wrist because the wife got out of line, but they'd go and hit a home run. 
Right. They never, they never came out of the lineup. Exactly. Never, never, never. Besides what my son just said, he's a little nuts, but that's okay. <laughs> Remember, yesterday was history.